Let's pray. Lord, thank you for today. We thank you, Lord, for the heavens opening up to us, Lord, giving us new life, giving us a Savior, depositing in us the Holy Spirit, and laying before us your word, your printed word. We thank you, Lord, that it's ever before us. Lord, we thank you for the new media technology today, that we can have the word of God on our phones. We thank you for the explosion of the Lord's word throughout the world. We thank you for that, Lord. We thank you for the power that's in the word. We thank you for the changed lives that have come through the word. Lord, we thank you for the preciousness of your word. Father, I pray today that your word goes forth in a powerful way and touches hearts, opens hearts, gives us a vision and a revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you, we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Last week when uh, Jim McCracken talked, uh, if you recall, Jim shared about how busy we are and, uh, and the stress that's in the world today. But the thing that stuck with me more than was the busyness. We're all pretty busy. And, uh, you know, we come to a fellowship like this and we, we see... You know, we like to fellowship with believers. We see the Word of God going out, and, and we see this is a wonderful thing. How can I hang on to it? How can I just have it with me all the time? And, uh, you know, he gave some great suggestions. I thought I loved the one about a simple Christmas. Just keep it simple. Keep things real simple. And we had our elders meeting on Wednesday night, <clears throat> and some of the things that were brought up we're, as leaders of the church, we're, we're always concerned about the growth, the individual growth of each one of us. And we feel that's a huge responsibility. It's a, a momentous responsibility. How people are growing in the Spirit. How are they growing in the Lord? And so we, we talked about it, uh, that quite a bit. We just had our our uh, Not a Fan series, and uh, we talked about, did that, how did that go? Did that really settle in the hearts of, of all our, our people? You know, Paul, when he went about starting new churches, with great difficulty, I might add, that was always his concern. Are we really getting to their hearts? Are we really getting the word of God and let it settle in their hearts where it changes them? where they absolutely come to a point where they love God and love each other. So, this is kind of a, uh, well, how can I put it, maybe an uh, illustration of maybe what we're supposed to look like. So I asked myself, as a leader of the church, what are my goals? What am I supposed to look like? How am I to be perceived? More than that, how am I supposed to be perceived by my Heavenly Father? 
Well, it's pretty simple. I want to love God more than anything. I want to love him to the point where nothing else matters. I want to love him like Paul loved him. I want to love him where my life is absolutely hidden in him. I thought that's a pretty good goal. Not only that, it fills a commandment. It fills the first commandment. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind with everything you've got. And the second one is, as a leader in the church, I want to love people more than I love myself. I want to love people so much that my needs and my uh, concerns in my life are secondary. That I would love people more than that. That I would love people to the point that I would pray for them in my private time. That my deepest concern would be for their well-being, spiritual well-being. Now that fulfills another commandment. That fulfills the second commandment. There's only two commandments left. We, uh, the Ten Commandments that were written on stone are automatically fulfilled by those two commandments. To love God so much with everything you have and love other people with the same love. You're fulfilling the law. You're doing everything. Everything that the Old Testament was written about, encouraged, that's it. Those two right there. So I thought, well, <clears throat> you know, we can always go to the Word and we can find examples. If you want to turn in your Bibles or your iPads or your smartphones to Acts chapter 7. You know, uh, when I first noticed <clears throat> uh, in church people looking at their phone like this, you know, I thought, ah, oh, how irreverent. Come on, we're in church. But you know, a lot of people got their Bible on their smartphone. I got to discard that thought. I know, I know some of you do that. It's, that's cool. I'm not going to... All right, it's okay. Uh, I know you're not looking at pictures of your grandkids and stuff like that. You're, I'm sure you're reading the Word. So we'll settle it that way. In Acts chapter 7, we're going to read a little bit about the stoning of Stephen. And I don't know why, but this is one of my favorite stories. It's just absolutely... Whenever I get uh, in a corner or in the dumps or something like that and say, you know, uh, that, this person got after me or that person or I failed here or I failed there or I've done something wrong, I, I love this story. It just releases me. Uh, Stephen uh, was, was one of the, uh, in the early church, uh, he was selected among us uh, seven uh, to really full-time ministry. That's all they did. And <clears throat> what Stephen, uh, if, you, if you ever want to read very quickly what happened in the Old Testament and how God worked with the Jewish people, just read chapter 7 of Acts. It's just a little blitz 
of what happened in the Old Testament, how the Jewish people were raised, you know, Abraham, the man of faith, along comes Moses, along comes the law, along comes, you know, the idolatry, you know, the, the parting of the Red Sea, it's all in there. It's a nice little compact thing. You can read the, New, you can read the Old Testament in one chapter in chapter Acts. Very condensed, but it's there. But what, what he did, uh, he, he went before a Jewish council, and he proclaimed what, what, what the Jewish people did. Here's what you did. And he went on to tell about how they, they fell away from the living God. And he wanted to tell, and he, he went on to say, uh, just to, to condense it, he ended up with, you stiff-necked men, you're uncircumcised physically, but in your heart, you're not. You're always resisting the Holy Spirit. You persecuted all the prophets. Which one didn't you persecute? And you kill those who previously announced the coming of the righteous one. Of course, meaning Jesus Christ. And you have now become murderers. And you who received the law as ordained by angels, yet you didn't keep it. You know what their reaction was? Literally. Screaming and yelling and running at him. Ah! That's what they did. They, the Bible says a cut to the quick. In other words, it really got to them. <clears throat> so they, be, they were cut to the quick. They began gnashing their teeth at him. And I'm going to read the rest. But being full of the Holy Spirit, he, Stephen, he gazed intently into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Now verse 57, here they go again. But they cried out with a loud voice and covered their ears. And they, raised, uh, they rushed upon him with one impulse. And, and they were just universal in this rage. And when they had driven him out of the city, they began stoning him. And the witnesses laid aside their robes at the feet of a young man named Saul. I'm sure most of you know that Saul is the Apostle Paul who wrote just about all the New Testament. Amazing, amazing thing here. Paul is, a, Paul is 100% let's kill this guy. They drove him out of the city because you don't kill a man in the city. You drive him out of the city. So they drove him out of the city. And Paul was holding their coats. And 59 says, and they were, as they were stoning Stephen, he called upon the Lord and said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Now when they were stoning him, I don't think they were taking little rocks like this. But I don't think they were taking ones like that. They couldn't lift them. And I don't think they were taking, you know, two of them, grabbing them and throwing them. I think they were nice shaped rocks about like that. And when they drove him out of the city, he was standing. And they started stoning him. I, I can't imagine getting stoned. No pun intended here. 
Boy, how our culture changes in the words in our culture, right? <laughs> yeah, imagine if you wrote the Bible today, and, and he was stoned and then he went into the city, you know. <laughs> Here he goes out of the city and got stoned. But anyway, imagine getting stoned, stones getting thrown at you until you had to drop to your knees. And he says, he called upon the Lord, he says, receive my spirit. And six, he says, and falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice. Don't miss this. Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And having said this, he fell asleep. I made a notation in my Bible. Just like his Lord Jesus. Remember when Jesus said that? Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. You know, and I look at that and I say, and we should all have this attitude. If he can do that, I can do that. I can forgive. I can let things go. You know, we get upset with people when they maybe um, tell things about us that aren't true, or lie about us, or actually do things to us physically. And uh, in our natural mind right away reaches out, we want revenge. And revenge in the human heart, you, uh, you know, those on Sunday morning we talked about this quite a bit. You know, revenge in the human heart is sweet. It really is. In the natural, carnal mind, heart of, of a person that is not born again by the Spirit of God, revenge is sweet. Uh, if you want to make a movie, uh, it's going to be successful, just make sure there's a lot of revenge in there. You know, it starts out with, uh, you know, I, I always remember that movie of Nevada Smith. Steve McQueen was in it. And I forget if he had a family or whatever, but they, these guys are bad, you know, they're ugly, dirty-looking guys, and they kill his family, and they kill the kids, and they burn the house. And, and uh, boy, you just, ooh, boy, if that was me. So in the end, Carl Malden was one of the actors that was the lead bad guy. And uh, Steve McQueen, or Nevada Smith, finally got him by a riverbank. And uh, he just started shooting his knees out. Isn't that cool? I mean, blow his knees apart. You know, and of course, Carl Malden screaming at him, oh, no, you know. But we love that. We love that. It's just, we, ah, he got what he deserved. But Stephen says, no, don't hold this against them. Don't, 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 Lord. They don't know what they're doing. And he's that, they're actually doing it to him, not, not someone else, to him. And so going back to the statement I said, I can do that. I'm, I not only can, I'm supposed to do that. I'm supposed to forgive. But our, our key thing to look at here when we look at this, being full of the Holy Spirit. He was full of the Holy Spirit. We talked to this uh, at the adult Bible study this morning. We, we ain't making it without the Holy Spirit. We, we, we can't do it with a polished up, carnal, fleshly being. 
We need the Holy Spirit. This, this is why the Holy Spirit was so generously given in the early church and today. You need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. Paul said many times, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't just have a bumper sticker with a dove or something. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. In verse 8, it goes on a little bit, and Saul was in hearty agreement with putting him to death. Here we go back to Paul again. Yeah. That's a good. Paul was kind of like Nevada Smith, you know. Yeah, uh, these Christians, they deserve that. How dare they say that Jesus is the Son of God? And a great persecution came against the church in Jerusalem, and they were scattered all over. Some devout men buried Stephen, and they made loud lamentation over him. Uh, some, some verses say, and they grieved deeply. When, our, when, our, when Christianity was born, it was born out of huge persecution, huge bloodshed, and huge price. And we're standing here today, and we can enjoy that. But going back to being filled with the Holy Spirit, I'm thinking of what uh, Jim McCracken said last week about we're just too busy. It just can't pull this off. And it's going to keep being that way. It's just going to keep being busy because Satan being the god of this world, the prince and the power of the air, is going to make sure that we stay busy. We stay busy with everything except the word of God. I don't want to sound like I'm scolding, but this is the absolute truth. We have busied ourselves to the point that we can't remember what the sermon was two weeks ago. You know? You know, when, when leadership in church, you know, be, like I said earlier, being responsible for the spiritual growth of everybody. You know, it's the old lead a horse to water thing. We can lead them to the water, lead them to the fountain, but it's up to each and every one of us Say, now I'm going to grow. I'm going to pick up the word. I'm going to do something. And it won't change. We're not going to, get, we're not going to grow spiritually by osmosis. We're, we're getting, we'll grow by the word, by the spoken word, what he has spoke to us. And being filled with the Spirit is one of the, uh, one of the commands that we have, but now, to get a little more practical here, you know, some of us are really, really are busy. You know, if you've got kids, work, daycare, supper, put them to bed, get up early, uh, that's tough. You, you can't stop doing that. You can't neglect your children. You can't neglect your family, you know, for the sake of, of just reading the Bible. But here's something you can do. You can take, you know, uh, God told Joshua, meditate on my word day and night, and you'll have good success in all things. If you take something, uh, take any verse, and here's what I would suggest, read something out of the book of John, or Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Get real direct here. 
Get something in there. Read through there. You, you know, you can read through Colossians in about 20 minutes, a half hour, 45 at most. You, you can just read that. That's a, one of the books of the Bible. That is packed, absolutely packed with rich stuff. Ephesians is the same way. Galatians is the same way. Philippians, my goodness, Philippians, you know, chapter 4, verse 7 with verse 4, it says, you know, if you've got a, I'm going to paraphrase, if you've got a messed up mind, uh, dwell on good things. Whatever is good, right, pure, holy, decent. Dwell on these things. And the promise is, the peace of God shall dwell in your heart. But you have to do that. You have to initiate the reading, and you have to initiate the holding in your heart for the day. I would suggest taking a little card. This is my verse for the day. Put it in your pocket. If you can't meditate for one day, meditate on it for three days. Engage yourself. Find out, am I meditating on that? You know, what's this? Oh, gee, haven't even thought about it. Uh, that's okay. Start over. Okay, I got a new day. What, when about, when's my break time? Uh, my break time is 10 o'clock. You know, God loves, well, God loves me. How about that one? Okay. Put it in your pocket. Just meditate on that. Meditate on that. Meditate on the fact that God loves you. If that's in your mind, something else isn't in your mind. That's the purpose of meditating. If we have something in our mind that's good, something bad isn't going isn't to be, you'll have to fight that. This is not easy. You'll have to absolutely fight that with everything you got. But this just happened to me. Just happened to me. Very painful. You're going to have to go right to the Word of God, grab your verse, and meditate on it. This is about as practical as you can get. You, you, it starts with your mind. You have to do this with your mind. It starts in your mind. And as it incubates in your mind, as you dwell in your mind, it gets into your heart, often it becomes part of you. That, that's an that's a absolutely biblical fact. And why would, he, why would he want us to do that? It enriches our lives. It frees us up. You know, we, we need to be Romans 12, or, yeah, Romans 12, two people. You know, uh, renew your mind with the word of God. So you know what his perfect will is. You know, a lot of times you say, well, you know, I just want to be happy. I just want to be happy. Well, that's a selfish thing, really. That's got nothing to do with anybody else, just you. Remember the first two commandments? Love the Lord your God with all your heart and love other people. So you're just being selfish when you say, I just want to be happy. No, here you can renew your mind right now. You can say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to renew my mind with the word of God so that if I know his perfect will, I'll be happy. It goes right with it. All you got to do is read the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faith, all these things. They go right with it. It's just automatic. The word of God changes you. It absolutely changes you. You, you know, you don't have to do a whole lot just put it in your mind, and your actions, your speech, your walking, your movement changes. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. I couldn't have sat up here and talked like this uh, two years ago. I said, Lord, I'm going to change so it doesn't bother me talking in front of a bunch of people. It doesn't. They really don't. Any of you could do it. You just let the Word of God change you. 
You just dwell on it. And it changes you. I like this. I kind of like me now. I used to hate me. Everything I did was stupid and dumb and ugly. Seriously, I lived that way most of my life. Well, that would love to have me live that way. I, I want to think about me the way God thinks about me. Now, uh, don't get me wrong, I know we all love ourselves in, in, a, in a fleshly sense too. But I mean in a spiritual sense. If he has given his life for me, and now my life is hidden in him, hey, we've got to like ourselves. That's a good place to be. I'm going to close with this. And tapping into the last thing I said, if you want to turn to 1 Thessalonians 2.13. If you've got a pen, underline it. This is a good one. You're going to use it sometime. If not, you can share with somebody else. First Thessalonians 2.13. And for this reason, we also constantly thank God that when you receive from us the word of God's message, you accepted it not as the word of men, but for what it really is, the word of God, which also performs its work in you who believe. I love that. The word performs its work in me. I do not have to pull this train by myself. I change effortlessly. You know, what you see in me, you might not, you know, I, you know maybe you don't like me, but I, I'm changing. I haven't arrived, but, boy, I left. I left that other stuff. I want to walk in love greater next year at this time than I do right now. I want to love you guys more than I love you today. While I'm on this earth and breathing, I want to stay in that direction. I want to let the word of God work in me. I want to look like Stephen someday. That if I'm hurt, my first reaction would be, Lord, don't hold it to their charge. Don't hold it to their charge. Because... I am so confident in you and your words and what you said that you're taking care of me. That's why I love the story of Stephen. Let's close in prayer. Lord, we thank you for the, how you change a human heart. Lord, it's so supernatural. It's just absolutely mind-boggling and awesome that you do this, Lord. We, the sinners, become joint heirs with the king. How wonderful that is. Lord, my prayer for everyone here today is that each one of us will take something, something, this week that will advance our knowledge and revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ and his word. Lord, we thank you that this word has lasted through much tribulation, much peril. And it's here in front of us for us to digest and us to consume, Lord. There's no condemnation here, Lord. We thank you because of the shed blood of Jesus. You call us, you beckon us, you encourage us. 
Come. My burden is light. My yoke is easy. We thank you, Lord. We praise you. In Jesus' name. Amen.